Off the ball. It's not like Maradona or Messi, where the ball is tied to the left foot. I always see the ball as something which is bouncing, like an obedient, happy puppy. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. OTB AM. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Now we're joined by football analyst Jasmine Bavet. Jasmine, good morning to you. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. How about yourself? Yeah, all good. Um, looking forward to uh, Evan Ferguson bestriding Europe <laughs> like a colossus. We'll talk about Frank Lampard in a moment, but um, we're very excited uh, and we're being asked by some people who know about football to just keep a lid on the hype. But it's very difficult because we haven't had very good young players come through uh, the way Evan has come through. So we're asking you as a, an uh, impartial, honest bystander, um, what's the story? How good is he? I can see the reason why people are excited. Um, I obviously don't like to put young players under such pressure. Um, so keeping a lid on that, especially how we've seen young Premier League players turn out when they're they hit a few years after around the 22 stage, um, is a good idea. Um, however, I think the reason why you can be so excited about someone like Evan Ferguson is the type of striker he already is when we in scouting when we look at younger players like this especially in a forward role they normally fit a profile every striker fits a profile and when they're younger they tend to have um one or two capabilities that they fit so when we talk about target men or poachers they're good at the box in or they're good at running and they have one or two of these abilities what I've seen from Evan Ferguson is that he's already well-rounded. So he doesn't fit in either of these boxes so far. And that's very rare for a young player and to fit into the Premier League straight away and have the dream start and debuts that he's had in the Premier League. That is very exciting, um, especially with goals against Arsenal. Um, a goal against Arsenal, another goal against Everton and an assist. Although the goal against Everton was Everton being very, very bad on the day. It helps for confidence and consistency. And when you're 18 and you've just come in, you want to keep that consistency going, consistency in performance. Um, a goal won't come all the time, but if he keeps playing the way he's been playing and the coaching is how it is at Brighton. So I think they've done a fantastic job picking, picking Deserby because it kind of fits the system that Brighton is known for. Um, it gives more, more um, importance on a possessional based playing style, which it seems Evan Ferguson is used to and plays well in. And all of these things can help him grow into one of Ireland's best talents in, as you've said, quite a while. Um, this is a tangent, obviously, but how impressed are you by Deserby and his ability to uh, step into at what, what looked like was going to be a difficult job because it looked like Brighton were slightly overachieving. There was a few weeks where he took time to get his feet under the table and since then they've been really, really excellent. Yes, I've not seen too, too much under Deserby, but especially recently, it seems that the kind of um, ripple effect of um, the change of manager has 
settled um, in especially coach recruitment. Um, we always give it around eight weeks or eight game days for the old manager's <laughs> tactics to leave and the new one to set in. So the fact that they had a little bit of a rough start and now we're getting better is a very clear sign of a good fit in philosophy for the club. Um, the fact that he's managed to pick a young, talented player from the second team um, sorry, Premier League two team there under their youth team and add him to the senior team is also very exciting and a good, um, it shows good promise from what this coach can do and the kind of club organization that he can use these kind of younger players, um, successfully in his team. Yeah, and, and it speaks well about Brighton's ability to scout a coach who certainly wasn't one of the traditional carousel managers that gets linked with the vacant positions. Can you go back to that bit where you're talking about um, when you're when you're profiling strikers, uh, they mm -hmm. fit into certain buckets. Just explain the different types of, of buckets and, and why it looks like Evan Ferguson is, is more well-rounded than just being one or the other. So um, to take a more traditional strike... Uh, let's say oh I can't pick one from my head um so we all know the classic target man or someone who just hangs around the box a poacher style when they get called lazy because they don't track back so for instance uh who's a classic goal scorer who just hang, hung around the box all the time Olivia Giroud um, Van Nistelrooy yeah, comes to mind as well I, I say Giroud did a little bit more but Giroud is more of the classic target man number nine tall could lay off passes for someone else and that's your classic kind of number nine role and then you've got someone a bit more like who would run in between um, the space of the pitch so someone who collects the ball and runs into space which a bit like Timo Werner can't goal score clinically as much but he's very good at picking up the ball and running into space. Um, and then we have deep line uh, strikers, a bit like Haaland, who will wait between the centre-backs to pick up the ball, can bully centre uh, defenders. Although with Haaland, he's more of a complete striker. He fits more abilities because he's so good. Um, Lewandowski is another one who fits like all abilities. So target man, poacher, um, deep running, which runs into spaces and deep lying, which hangs around the centre-backs. And Evan Ferguson, although not looking quite like Lewandowski or Haaland, he does more of what those strikers do more than Timo Werner does or the classic new number nines, which are both winger strikers, as I said, collect the ball into space. So Mbappe, um, those kind of number nines. And that's why you don't usually see that that young, um, which is why Evan Ferguson looks really exciting for someone who's in scouting or recruitment. It's funny, Jasmine, because you, you don't often see strikers, that, like you mentioned, who are tall and pacey. Usually it's, it's, it's one or the other. And also, you know, strong on both feet sounds like something that even a Sunday League striker should be. But the reality is, even the Premier League, not all strikers are good on both feet. And Evan Ferguson seems like the type of player, regardless of what foot the chance lands on, he's, he's, he's very strong. Yes, he's he's very balanced, and I think that's another thing, like physically balanced. He knows how to stay on his feet. He's like more physically progressed than, let's say, Timo Werner normally gets bullied off the ball quite easily, especially in space where um, Evan Ferguson's a bit more developed in that role. Um, 
I would say in terms of even comparisons, it's been really hard to nail down someone who looks like him. I, the closest I've got is maybe Diego, Diego Yota, but he is again, more physically stronger than Diego Yota. So he looks more, um, more developed and yeah, so he's strong on both feet and he's also got a very good work rate, which I don't know. You, you do see it in young players because they run around a lot. They give a lot, but his, the way his work rate is used is very good. He presses really strongly, which is something you need a lot more now than you did five, 10 years ago. Yeah. So we're right to be excited. Yeah, Not that we're getting carried definitely. away. But it's one of those things that we, we kind of mold him and we put pressure on and, and the Robbie Keane comparison is often made. But that's probably why, Jasmine, we get a little bit carried away because we, we don't get goal scorers in this country. Just just mm. strikers who can score goals, Robbie Keane notwithstanding. Now Quinn was maybe one as well. But players who can put the ball in the onion bag on a regular basis don't come around too often. And I suppose two goals in, in two Premier League games is not a bad place to start at 18. <laughs> No, it, it's as I said, it's I can see why people are excited. It's in terms of general talents from Ireland as well. I think technically, I would say Josh Cullen's a really good, like, technical player, and that I think is a, a wonderful player from the Irish national team. And as you said, goal scorers, I think there's just a general lack of goal scorers because we've heard this talk in Germany that no one's developing strikers. It's the fact that they're different kind of strikers as well. Everyone's fitting the more, oh, messy mold, the kind of running number nines, and we don't see any of those classic goal scorers anymore or in a very um, a very reduced capacity. So for Ireland to have bring out someone like this, I can see why people are excited, but he's only 18. There's a lot of years to go. You just have to hope that there's a good coaching system in place to really develop him and not break him before he gets to the early 20 stage where development is so important because that's a lot of years until his peak age, 25 to 29, peak performances, peak consistency of performances. So you need to keep developing until that kind of stage. He comes from a, a football family. His, his dad was a, a footballer and it's interesting actually all our best young footballers at the moment all have dads who are footballers at, at some level in the game. Um, Nathan Collins is the same. We have a kid at Celtic uh, whose dad was a, um Albanian international who played at Celtic as well. Um, so it's interesting that uh, the Nepo baby thing works in football certainly and in other industries too. Um, one last point about this then. If Evan Ferguson was English or German, there would be excitement about him as well, I suspect. And that's the point. that It's not, it's not just us getting carried away because these types of players aren't coming along a lot at the moment. Yeah, I would say so. Um, I mean, they come around in different ways, don't they? It's, uh, I think England, we would not hear, we wouldn't stop hearing about them. I mean, look at the pressure that's being put on Jude Bellingham. Um, it's constant and he is the same age, 19 maybe. Um, so it, I don't, I can see why everyone's excited. That is just the way it is. Um, I think there is loads of really good footballers that, that are there. I think what people see as next generational talent has changed from what it has. Everyone's always looking for the next Messi and not everyone is. 
Um, but they still can be completely good. They can, they can be completely talented. They can win a lot. They just need a team to function in. And sometimes that kind of side gets lost. And I think people forget about that quite a bit. Um, there's a, a nice little symmetry. Evan Ferguson's first game in senior football was against Frank Lampard in his first game as the Chelsea manager at a friendly in Dublin. We did think that perhaps his... Um, goal-scoring full debut in the Premier League against Frank Lampard might have been Frank Lampard's final game as the Everton boss. Uh, Everton boss. However, it looks like he's going to be given the Manchester City, the Manchester United game in the Cup at the weekend to save his career. Um, I know you've been doing a bit of work on, on Lampard and, and why things have gone wrong for him at Everton. What What is your conclusion about him as a manager at this stage in his evolution? evolution's a strong word when it comes to Frank Lampard and tactics um, and just his general way of coaching. It's it's so funny because he has telltale signs in the way he coaches or what he believes in, in his footballing principles that he carries from club to club. Um, And these have been around since his derby managerial um, stint through Chelsea and now are being shown up again here. Um, so one of them is that they look unable to counter-press, which is the process of them his team defending straight after losing the ball. And that whole process is not there. I think a really good example of this is Pascal Gross's goal where they just give away the ball because it indicates a lack of structure while they have the ball and while they're trying to progress, while they're trying to attack. And um, to just give away the ball in a really dangerous area and not make most of that ground back um, is a really good example of why they look so terrible. Um, And this lack of structure is why they don't really go on to create any high-quality chances during games. And, um, yeah, that's that's main principles of coaching, of what you should bring to a club. And if that's looking at the same at every club, it looks like you are relying on the individual quality of your players to get out of these situations game by game, which is you can't go on with that that's not a a strong or stable way to coach your team um and on top of this it doesn't look like he has any um recognized roles or processes for his players um so what his pivots are supposed to do each game what his center backs what his fullbacks they look like they have been left to their own decision making, the players themselves. Um, again, to grab an example from the Everton Brighton game, you can see the centre backs are stuck in like decision crisis of how to cover Ferguson. They don't know whether they should track him and leave space behind or do they stay put and let him run? Um, and we've seen it under Lampard's, uh, Lampard systems countless of times players not know what they're doing and him just moving players for the sake of it so um he's put Iwobi as a midfielder he used to at Chelsea he played Kai Havertz as a winger a nine a, a ten like all these different roles all the time and it honestly just doesn't look like he's progressed at all since Derby right 
that's go on. No, just take it like it's 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 a confidence thing as well because we look at we look you look at the performance against Brighton and some of the players just look devoid of confidence. I don't know how much blame you can place on a manager there. Maybe you place a lot of blame on a manager there because you you see someone like Adrissa Gay and it's his second coming at Everton now and he just looks crap. Like the other the other day, it's it just individual error after individual error. Well, isn't that the whole point? Sorry, just to interrupt you, right? Because I remember at the end of Lampard's career at Chelsea, he come out and got oh, it's individual errors that are undoing us. But you're mm-hmm. you're making the point, Jasmine, that like if there's no strategy and all you're doing is asking the players to invent <laughs> everything to make it up as they go along, well, that's where the individual errors come from, and there's no confidence, yeah, because they've got no. Am I doing a good job or a bad job? How do I know? Because I don't. Yep. I'm not. I'm not actually part of a plan. But that is basically it. If you have no structure, if you have no roles, and we're talking like, is your pivot going to stay? If, say, you play two pivot, two type sixes, is one of them going to stay back and is one of them going ahead? I do not believe those pivot players have been told what their job is. I do not believe that under Lampard's system. I did not believe it, and it didn't look like that was the case under Derby or Chelsea. Um, Under Derby, he had one of the best teams in the league and they just made the championship playoff final and they got beat by Aston Villa 2-1 and they didn't look like they had processes that day either and it's the same throughout Chelsea Um, Chelsea they barely made top four I think because of everyone else failed and they had so many good players that they just kind of fell into it but after he left Chelsea, that team, that same exact team, won the Champions League. It is, it is definitely that no confidence, not the individual areas, is genuinely because they have a lack, a lack of structure. And that comes down to coaching and what he's actually putting out on the pitch. And it's just not good. And we've seen it time after time that it's just not good. Um, questions coming in about uh, Manchester United. I, I don't want to put you on the spot by asking you about Ten Hag and, and his approach to it, but you know, chalk and cheese. It seems like everybody knows what they're supposed to be doing, and you don't get in the team until you know what your role is. Even Casemiro didn't get straight in the team; he had to sit on the bench and watch and listen and be told. And like, I mean, that was. It's obviously, in retrospect, it was handled incredibly well by Ten Hag, getting um, Casemiro into the team and. and making sure that he was going to do the job that uh, Ten Hag wanted him to do. But um, that's the difference in a side where everybody knows what they're supposed to do, right? Yeah. And, um, I mean, you can see, like, the development of their tactics. The whole team went through this learning period of learning of what Ten Hag wanted to do, which is them learning elements of positional play. And um, they at the beginning, they made some easy mistakes Well the principles and structural aspects were still visible. But now they've become more stable. I mean, they've won four games. I have to say, these are probably a good... This is a good run of four games to have because they all come from the bottom five, from Wolves, um, Nottingham Forest. So that has also helped. So their game against City should show us how far they have actually come in, what they've learned. Um, so they've, unlike what was happening before, they've now find multiple ways to progress the ball in this more possessional based philosophy that they have. Um, it, whether it's through the middle of the pitch, through the wings or, um, through and around being pressed. 
and they're looking better at transitioning from their build-up play from the first third into the final third, which they had quite a few issues before. And as we said, like everyone knows their role. We know exactly how Ten Hag is playing. You can see the clear structure from Ajax. Um, and this is what it means when a coach has strong principles and a strong philosophy. Um, for a moment, I thought it wasn't going to work, especially with those easy mistakes. But um, now that they've had a good run of games, um, yeah, it's just to see how they do against Man City to see how much they've actually progressed. Seems like such an obvious thing, but Castanero was a perfect example of how one player can can really change a team. And the Fred McTominay thing just just wasn't working in the end under Solskjaer and Mourinho. And Casemiro was just screaming out at United. They needed a player of that ilk. And Liverpool probably look at him and, and they could really do with a Casemiro at the moment as well. Um, when you look at that Everton team and you see at United how one player and one signing can change things so drastically, are Everton one or two signings away from, from fixing things or is this more of a fundamental problem? Oh, I think it's both. I think, I mean, you could say one signing and that's the coach. That would probably fix quite a lot. Um, and also, I think they needed to do better with like finding a replacement with Richarlison. I obviously know that they have Demar Gray and they have a, um, and they have uh, Calvert Lewin, who did amazingly a couple of seasons ago. But that, again, devoid of confidence, but also, but did they even buy a replacement? I'm not sure. Um, I felt like they probably needed one because Rich Allison was such a big loss. Um, so that's obviously also needed. Um, I, I, I think most of their problems though are fundamental. They have good players. They have Premier League players. They should not be in a relegation fight, um, at all. So for me, that's more fundamental and coaching level rather than making one signing to change everything. Well, that signing might happen after the weekend uh, if they get beaten by Manchester United. Jasmine, great to have you with us this morning. That was brilliant. Thanks a million. Thank you. OTB AM With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.